Hi everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Podcast about MCU and particularly about She-Hulk. This week we're going to be talking about the latest episode, which came out in the week and has definitely got a title, and that title is The People vs. Emil Blonsky. I'm he, Matthew, and I'm joined by Abby. Hello. And I'm joined by Laura. Hello. Let's get into the latest episode, which I didn't know how long it was, but it felt about the same sort of time as last time. Uh, Abby, what did you think about it? Well, I think mindful of, of how long I spent sort of complaining about what this show was last week, I feel like I kind of covered it. And okay. I think what seems to be the case is now the show is sort of settling in. And um, and it is just doing those things. It's just going to keep doing them. And it's, it is just what it is and I'm okay what I'm saying here is I think the problem is me <laughs> and that's okay um because if nothing else it is fairly consistent all the things that I think are strange all the choices that I think are weird do at least seem to be an active tone in this show okay it is mm-hmm. the way that it is it is the sense and type of humor that it is it is this kind of MC, a differently shaped MCU experience and um I think my dear wife, as so often best encapsulated, um, a suitable response to this episode by saying, well, there are all different types of comics for all different types of people. So even if this isn't necessarily <laughs> like the She-Hulk comic, mm. perhaps this is about how we have different types of show for different types of audience. Mm. And you know what? Maybe that's fair and that's fine. It's just not to say nothing in this was for me. and We'll get through it. But okay. Okay. there we go. Uh, and we did say that exact thing about like Ms. Marvel, I think. Exactly. Ooh, it's allowed to have different things for different people. Uh, Laura, any thoughts on this one? Um, <laughs> my patience has run out with this show, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> this episode was a real low for me, particularly really? on the funny scale. I watched it oh, twice. Okay. Watched it twice, Ooh. and I found nothing I thought was funny. And the second time, I had on my phone a heading saying "funny," <laughs> was waiting, <laughs> and not even like laugh out loud. Just did I think that was amusing? <laughs> And there was nothing on that list at the end of the second watch. So I'm, yeah, I'm also concerned that the show is actually giving that those God awful MCU trolls ammunition Mm -hmm. because the way it's hammering so hard on some of the feminism points. The showrunner is um, Jessica Gao, but if I didn't know better, I'd say it's written by someone who has not actually experienced these things. It's it's not that they don't happen, but there's just something about the way they're presented that that it feels... Um, hyperbolic, when mm. which feels like it's then playing into those those arguments of oh well you you know you're blowing out of of oh, proportion or what have you. Um, so I cannot quite believe, but the female centric lawyer comedy with Tatiana Maslany is currently ranking lower than Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me. Good, 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 and <laughs> strong opinions. Yeah. Okay. How about I you, like, Matthew? <laughs> I, I like being the the. MCU Pollyanna, so this is right. an uncomfortable position. What did you think, Matthew? Um, I, I was really pleased that the show finally started being funny and making <laughs> jokes uh, and making me laugh. Oh, I can't really wait sorry. to find out what made you laugh. I'm excited. And I've got my list, I've got my heading ready, and I will write them down. I will, I will give you stuff to put in there. I probably should have done a little bit more um, <laughs> writing down of what the specifics about it, but, but I think it definitely did. Uh, it had moments that I'm like, okay, I enjoyed that. I, and I actually laughed out loud, so so I did write a couple down very specifically. Uh-huh. Good, good. It might be one of those things of a, 
being in the right mood for it. B, us having a little bit more time because, dear listener, we're recording a day later than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that has has maybe helped it give it a bit more space to breathe in my head. Um, I do still have some problems with it. There are still things that it's it's really missing the mark. And your point there on some some of the stuff of bringing up the tweets and the Reddit comments and so on has a really bad legacy because they were then on Reddit the next day saying congratulations to all the people in this sub who got featured last night. Yeah. And, and there was almost a celebration of getting brought out. It's it's a little bit like feeding the trolls. And effectively. I just I just want to before we talk about Matthew mm. what you can possibly have found to laugh at and I I really am genuinely <laughs> excited for this feature. Um so you know something to look forward to. Um but Math- in the meantime Matthew explains the funny. <laughs> That's our regular segment. Yeah, that's for the rest of this series. That's the regular segment. Explain comedy to women, okay? Just back to the trolls for a moment, because I must, I'm afraid. Um, I really felt like that there is something really odd in in the show, which I think connects with the you are showing me these very aggressive, very unpleasant things, and just dropping them. You are dropping them on me. You are dropping them on the show, and you are giving me no actual active catharsis or or even judgment so you have these kind of reprehensible characters just being an ass and saying terrible things and nobody in the room does anything nobody in the script does anything there's there's Mm. no reckoning with this it's all just like look this is happening it's like no that is what life is like i don't i don't need the show to just kind of give this half experience because when life is like that we have social media communities tailored to assist us with progressing Mm -hmm. through these things so we have podcasts friendship groups people that we talk to if somebody experiences these crappy things we have a network for that i think there is a slightly interesting story in the idea that jennifer does not want to engage at all whatsoever and perhaps is tend to be something of an offline person in a way, and therefore she can just ignore all of that. But then, given that, how strange to act- actively put it in the show when it is not necessarily yeah. She Hulk's concern. Yeah, I think her her reaction to it is almost the thing because it's so it, not quite water off a duck, duck's back, but she's so confident and will take it. it. We should almost see some of this affecting her. But it, it, more, it's not even more than being a joke. And it, she she puts it all in the same space it's it's mm. just kind of like a, it was very one note it's mm. a good way of saying it yeah mm. and and it just it there's no there's no range of things and i think particularly where the show took a turn at the end which we'll get to i'm a bit uncomfortable with how it may or may not join up i don't know so anyway grand mm. discomfort mm. um elevating the issues i already had and i think laura you put it just just very well on on the kind of disappointment Okay. But yeah, Matthew, tell us where you laughed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and and I think there's more than what I've written down, but I, but but you'll be pleased to hear I did write down a couple at least. I mean, and there was a lot that didn't make me laugh. All the stuff with the assistant DA, anything he does is not very good. H- however, that said, um, Asgard is not a place; it's a people. No Thor's inspirational speeches don't work here. I quite enjoyed again as a callback to a thing we've had before. That was that was you know a good moment because it's the same sort of humour we enjoyed from Thor Ragnarok. Mm. So a little bit different, calling something out that should be taken very serious. 
I don't know why it made me laugh so much, and I really wish I'd gone back and written down the actual line, but the all the different news reports at the beginning, and we had one that was in, I'm going to say Spanish, could have been Portuguese. It was somewhere. Spanish. Seven subtitles language. was in Spanish um, anyway. <laughs> okay, good, fine, in Spanish then. Um, and they talk about the hashtag trending, and I can't remember what the hashtag was. The but big it was green like, woman. It was large, basically large, the jolly large green woman giant. In green. It really was, and and just the way she said it in Spanish and then in English as well, and it just it just worked for me, just as a ridiculous. Because yes, that's the sort of ridiculous thing that people use, and and I think Abby, you talked about like, oh, it's important that it's trending, and the fact that that's not important, it's just random thing. But then news reports going like, oh, people are talking about the jolly green woman. <laughs> <laughs> Quite enjoyed that. The fact that he left... <laughs> you see, it's making me laugh just thinking about it. The fact that he left prison and people had started making toilet kombucha. <laughs> not, to- not toilet wine. <laughs> That's quite good. That's a, you know, nice, nice inversion of the, the thing I expected. You really have been watching your way through Frasier, haven't you? <sighs> <laughs> yes, yeah, there, there is there is that crossover. And the bit that I... It's the last one on on the list of things that I found funny. Is something that I wrote down is where, and I can't even remember how it came up, but I think they're in a car or they're at a table or something, and and one person references another thing, and she just leans in and looks at us and goes, "Connecting the A and B plots, nice." Oh, did you and like that? Pl- yeah, the plot oh, continues. I nearly turned it off. <laughs> I, I think. Do you, do you remember how he talks about how the third wall breaking? Not the third mm, wall breaking. Fourth wall. That's walking. That's walking through yeah. a door to stay right. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth wall breaking. Coming to the front. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I I found more like Fleabag than possibly Deadpool or some others. In this, I that was exactly the vibe I got. That that we were. She knew her situation and what was going on, and, and was sort of enjoying having us there for the ride so can we just yeah, quickly I, the fourth wall is definitely a, a topic mm. that i could have mentioned that i wanted to talk about actually um but i i do briefly because okay. like is she making a show i mean well. what, what is because that it, it it really felt like she was like giving the inside scoop on how they made the she-hulk show and is the story going to be actually you need to engage more you need to tell the story and she's like look i made a show no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, no, don't get your hopes up. D- definitively, no. No, I mean, because she referenced when she's in the car as well, she references, don't forget whose show this is. Yeah. So um, I just think it's a... I just think it's okay. a bit, like it's, it's not funny. a plot with a bit. I don't think it, so. It is just the way this has started. Because, yeah, there is a worry that we're setting ourselves up to expect it to become something meta and interesting, and it just yeah. ends up she has to fight the abomination with a beam of light going into the sky. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see the abomination again? See, I think we might, because did you see in the credits? Because I missed this, and then I read someone talking about it, went back and watched it again. Mm-hmm. In the credits, um, they have the same uh, pictures over and over, but they also, at least this time, changed them. So there was um, some bits uh, from like the elf story and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's also, um, one of the images is Blonsky in a prison transport, waving out the mm. back to his seven mm. soulmates who are all crying because he's left them. Yeah. yeah. I so, thought that was just a joke. Well, yes. Or no, I don't know. I think potentially it could be, you know, that was his story to get out. And yeah. now who is he off to go and see? 
like maybe the leader. I mean, I assume that was like the end of the joke. Like, lol, all these women have given them their money. And and not, by the by, a particularly funny joke, but still, you know, because mm. I, mm. I, I was quite entertained prior to that, you know, gently entertained at least, mostly by Tim Roth um, at the concept of it. But um, But then that kind of single image... It's a bit like the, the anime ending to things as well. You know, when you watch a whole long anime film <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they give you like one picture and then they're just like, oh, and by the way, they had a completely different story after and then, that. And then they got married. Yeah. Now and we're done. 12 children and one was a fox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know. having, having five seconds before seeing them give a tentative kiss on the cheek. Yeah. Oh, and then they're married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, it, it might be nothing, but um, I was okay. curious to see that. I, I don't think we've seen the last of a male Blonsky. Um, I, I suspect it will come to something and partially because I, I feel like the Wong thing's really weird mm. uh, and uh, like we've talked before about my annoyance of Wong being used as the comic relief I think there's a lot more they could be doing with that character uh, particularly because they're trying to change the, the the way he was written and cast was it was trying to change it from the stereotype that he was in the comics Um, but the whole like oh I forced him to do it and broke him out and he then went back on his own thing it's it, it feels very retconny if it's true and and i the way it actually comes across is that it's not true and that there's mm. something else going on here it felt very weak that he, his reason for breaking out is because he's just sparring partner while he was training to be sorcery supreme yeah it just it does feel weak mm. it did feel like it was a cover story for something else that wasn't you know one of those things is like there's a higher law here, you know. There's an mm-hmm. Avengers law of the land. There's a there's a sorcerer supreme law, and we just need to get through this scenario. Which is why you know when they're like, by the way, you broke the law, and he's like, yeah, and I have to go. Um, which is you know, despite many things in politics, not actually how it's meant to work. <laughs> I I I feel like they had that cage fight bit in Shang Chi. Mm. And at the same time, someone was working on She-Hulk and wanting Emil Blonsky to be the main thing. And then they saw Shang-Chi at the cinema, you know, the weekend it came out, and then went, oh, we need to write this into our show somehow because they've used the character here where they should have used the character over here. It's probably not because of the way they work to keep everything connected, but it yeah. feels like the worst connection we've seen of any of this stuff. My understanding is that the Shang-Chi thing is a deliberate plant from She-Hulk. Yeah, because if it was the other way around, there are so many ways you could just make that work. You can just have it that the prison has been loaning out these, mm. you know, as mm-hmm. as a side business. Like you can that that wouldn't need to be a massive storyline. That can just be like basic crime, um, <laughs> and that's not mm. a thing. Um, and then there's just like once you know, it could have it could have been more interesting. You know, you could have had the abomination saying, you know, and they make me go and fight in these fights, but I'm not like that anymore. And this has really contributed to my change. You can really mm. just write that in and do it down. So mm. I, I think, yes. I think, as you say, Laura, I think it's definitely intentional. But I think we can also talk about the other, the big cameo of the episode, uh, Megan the Stallion. Yes. Um, and the B plot. Megan which... the Stallion actively breaking through everybody's mutes <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. casting spoilers that we we just could not foresee. <laughs> I can see what they were going for and and with the characterization they've given us potentially works 
I'm assuming it's going to come to something because it's a bit weird that nothing's happened there. And then the end credit sequence, the very end of the end credit sequence made me laugh. But everything up to that, I was like, I don't, not sure about this. I'm really not sure about this. And then it was over. I kind of want to see, you know, Jennifer, pop star lawyer. I could watch that. I could watch that series. Mm. Oh, you know, she's dealing with copyright fraud. She's got like all sorts of injunctions on things going on. That could be, I don't know. That would be better. Yeah. It would be more interesting. Maybe. Um, I didn't love it. And it seems okay. loads of people really have. So I, I just think okay. I'm an outlier on this one. But it just seems like the worst stunt casting. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's quite an element of stunt casting in the um, in the MCU to a degree, but that's normally because it's like, oh my god, it's Charlie Strong. But you know, she's there as an actor to do mm. stuff. She's not just there as a. It's as not. A punch oh my god, Charlie Strong is here. Yeah, yeah Charlie Strong is talking to Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> and Doctor Strange is in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just that entire B plot. What of all of the characters, why you would focus on Dennis, even to have him as the right. butt of the joke. It was nice to see Pug doing something, and so far he seems to be our one decent guy, um, other than Bruce. Um, but it, it made me think of um, Jurassic Park. They were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Mm. I, I think you've nailed that. <laughs> yeah. But um, look, it doesn't really matter. Loads of people enjoyed it. Um, apparently, they managed to get her through Jamila Jamil because um, okay. they had just had it as a famous, um, very ungettable celebrity, female mm-hmm. celebrity, and they were thinking about different people. And then um, she'd worked with Megan on um, a reality show, um, and then the final scene was apparently because Tatiana Maslany is a huge fan and they hadn't had any scenes together and so this was to to make uh, Tatiana happy which uh, I think she's a fantastic actress I don't think that's a reason to have something Mm -hmm. in your show but Mm -hmm. like I said it's gone down you know lots of people saying you know the funniest joke in the MCU and what have you which I didn't get it but um, as we say I'm just a bit of a misery at this one I think yeah, I just, I wonder if it's too American for my brain. Like, I I, I mm. honestly just didn't get a lot of this, and, and I, I am realising that it's clearly deliberate, and s- some of it is really going down. Like, I'm seeing lots of people actively enjoying this, and I'm glad that we have this pod, because some of me genuinely wants to understand how. Like, I don't like missing a thing, you know? So, hmm. and like, I'm more used to it, like, if it's in a book or something, I'm better at digging into it and understanding why I don't get the book. But seeing, I can also see why it's a thing. And apparently I actively find it hard in Marvel, if I don't like it, to see why other people would Winter Soldier. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're still working on that. But maybe this pod really for me is just a long, long way of trying to understand why people like Winter Soldier so much. Perhaps it just... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I did. God, if, Ca- if Cameo 4 is Bucky... <laughs> this show, this show's jumped the shark. The, well, no, if, yeah. if it's Bucky, then this show's going to explode. I mean, it's going to be the one. This is like peak internet. I just it, it it does feel like a kind of um, this is this is how we break another fourth wall in a way. Having mm. someone like Megan Thee Stallion really gets you into a place that the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't go. 
it it kind of hauls you through into into a different space, a different audience. People will watch this mm-hmm. because she's in it. So how is yeah. how is that yeah. episode going to work for people who haven't seen the other episodes or really genuinely don't care about the MCU? How do those mm-hmm. clips and the TikTok pull gif whatever <laughs> you know? Anyway, <laughs> I did like her pink suit. Yeah, I did mm. like that. I I mm. did. There's a couple of really nice outfits in the show. I will say that, and that's a yeah. miserable compliment to give the <laughs> the show with the women in it. But it's oh. true. Because I did, uh, like I say, the, the very end of it where she goes, "I will kill for you, Megan Stallion," and she goes, uh, "You're a little much." No, yeah. she says, "Dial it back." I did laugh at that. Quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I did laugh. Nice, I did laugh you know, at dial it back, and, and particularly because I I think not being the most renowned first person in modern pop music beat combos but I believe she's quite an extravagant person yes I think so okay there we go so yes I thought that was a big nice personality friend. yes <laughs> um right there was also some MCU plot shenanigans going on there were a little bit with bit. people attacking uh Jennifer mm-hmm. and having as guardian building weapons and trying to get her blood. Yeah. If, if if the opening episode hadn't made enough about her blood and it can't get out there and we have to destroy it as soon as it's ever found, we definitely can't let it get out there. This episode is now bringing that back into the thing. Um, any thoughts, any comments, any, and, and Abby, particularly any comic book insidery stuff that, that we should be picking up on at this point? I mean, not, not particularly any kind of comic insidery apart from, yes, that is a thing. Um... I don't I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know if it's something established. Do you know if it's something they've established and where they're going? Okay. Well this is where um the leader thing mm. having having watched The Incredible Cult quite so recently, um the one person who was very obsessed with uh, particularly his blood was um the leader, um uh, Mr Blue, I think, wasn't he called? Samuel Stearns. So mm-hmm. we see at the end of that film that he has had um, some of uh, Bruce's blood has dripped onto him and his head is starting to expand. And So he's meant to be super brainy, isn't he? Yeah, and isn't he played by one of the chaps from My Brother Where Art Thou? Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, from Watchmen. Mm. Gosh. Yes, God. yes, yes, yes. I yeah. had utterly forgotten he, he mm. and that character in the mm. film and that was a, an undone thing yeah. oh, do you think that's going to come into this one it would be interesting mm. if it did um, okay. because the only other villain that we've got is Titania mm-hmm. and what she she's already got super strength so what's she going to do with she also that? doesn't seem she's I feel like she would go and get it herself with perhaps yeah. like some kind of what do you call it? You know, acupuncture needle or something. <laughs> <laughs> She'd do some kind of leech therapy or something to yeah. <laughs> to engineer yeah, it, this. It didn't feel like those would be her goons. No. Okay. Um, but maybe. I mean, we haven't heard anything about her since. So. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly. Well, I think. Did I say on the last one about how the episode one was meant to be episode eight originally and then they've shifted oh, it yeah, round yeah, yeah. Okay. so that might be while we sort of had this sun um introduction of her and then nothing mm. um i don't know what to see okay okay um because we also had another not cameo 
but famous person in this episode because Renee Lewis Goldsbury appears to have rocked up finally. Mm, yes. Um, having been touted. Delighted to see her because mm. she's fab. I think. Laura, you watched The Good Wife? I yes. also watched The Good yes. Wife. And, yes. And you both watched The yeah. Good Wife. Yes, yes. I, absolutely. I, I only saw her briefly in that, but I hear she's very good in that. And that she was it. exceptional in Girls 5 Ever. She was. As well as <laughs> Hamilton and, frankly, everything else she's ever done. But those are the... <laughs> the standouts i'm interested to see what she gets to do in this hopefully more than in this episode well yeah. well yes it was re- it was almost contrived to have her in the scene uh-huh yeah it was very similar to pug's introduction there wasn't it, it yeah was they're gone so i assume we'll see more of her so she's mm. married she's mallory book um and so one of jen's colleagues but mm. <laughs> i did because i was in such a bad mood by the time we got to that stage watching this she she pops her head and immediately so i'm like yes ready run save yourself <laughs> you're too good it's a bigger laugh than i got from the episode <laughs> yeah well yeah. <laughs> no it's it's true it's true just going back briefly to the goon thing as well with that kind of attack bit at the end there was just something so i found that very uncomfortable as, as a sort of as an unfolding scene because it really smacked of that, hey, there's a strong woman, let's arm wrestle. <laughs> I was right, just like, right. this is a mm-hmm. little grotesque. And mm. I don't know what you're doing with Jen here. I don't I don't like her. I found it very uh, uncomfortable. I think probably I did quite like that. In the, uh, what I liked is the fact that she had her natural reaction. Yes. And then remembered, wait a second, actually, I don't have to take this. Yeah. Which... Yeah, I think previously, Matthew, you've talked about sort of powerful fantasy fulfillment and, and that, which I can't say I've felt with any any of the stuff previously. But there is part of me that, you know, there is always that thing of, and you secretly know karate or, you know, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Where you're not quite the target that, that mm. they thought you were. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was, and I'm pleased that, you know, she did have that. Mm-hmm. Gen reaction before she then has the She-Hulk reaction. Mm. Yeah, that's that was an interesting moment. That that's almost the sort of nuance that that the show isn't giving us in some of the other stuff it's mm. doing. The the bit that caught me out, and Abby, I thought of you while it was happening, is the violence of the scene. Mm. It, it had some of that MCU stuff of we'll throw them against a wall and smash their heads together, and everyone still gets up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It, it, it was more than Batman violent, but with everyone seeming to be fine at the end of it and able to run away and jump in a car and still have a chat. Um, and we have to remember that the plot here is that they just randomly attacked someone. Yeah. Like the plot, and so even, even though we find that, that she's a target mm-hmm. and they've been paid to do this, it's not presented like that. And again, I think it is that thing where it's just like, you've just given me a really strong scene of street violence against a random woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Imagine, you know, even if you are really strong, even if you do know karate or other things, if you smash someone's head into a wall, yeah, yeah, you as the smasher of the head are not going to have a nice evening. Mm. It's not something you just brush off. And and the person whose head has been smashed, just because you're holding the Asgardian wrench or whatever it was, doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. It just it was very uncomfortable. It was very odd. And I don't know. We've seen those weird imbalances with with mm. things before, and I think you know no more so than I think Iron Man two, um, which is a film I really like. So you know mm. we can come through those things, and I think that it's also one of those things where it shows that they're finding pitching 
how does she fight in this? Mm-hmm. I, I think that they're finding it complicated because think about how we talked about how we enjoyed the fight with Bruce in the first episode mm. mm-hmm. and how actually they came up with some quite creative things that was funny because they were testing each other and you know that he's not really trying to hurt her yeah. and you you know that like it's an expl- explorative fight that was really interesting but also like not afraid to chuck each other around a bit mm. but I don't think they know quite how to handle this. So it's almost like you're watching you're watching the show try to work it out rather than watching the characters try to work it out, which is not quite what should be yeah. happening. Because <laughs> mm. I found it really strange that she, she had that level of violence against them. They get up and run away and get in the van. And because it was a shot inside the van, I expected the thing of, put your foot in it, we need to get away. I am putting my foot in it. And she's holding the van up or something, or she's mm. holding it back. You know, you know that joke yeah. that we've seen in Superman ad infinitum. But she didn't. They just got away. She, like, I, did, I didn't did we go back why. to her? We didn't go back to her, did we? Yeah, we go back to her because then she stares at herself in the car window. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it, it felt like it would have been natural for them to be stopped, and then the police are coming for them more. But no, they they sort of sit there and have a chat. Finishes? Yeah. Yeah, it's I think very that, strange. If I'd been thrown about like that by a superhuman, I think I would be in a hurry to get away and then have our debrief. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, so the consequences thing is is odd throughout in every way at every turn. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Matthew, you mentioned about the CGI earlier before we started recording. Just about to segue ah. to. Psycho. <laughs> I, I think I've also, partially through that fight and partially through particularly the scenes with her in the slightly strange backy suit when her hair's up as She-Hulk, mm. I realised what I've been thinking of whenever I've seen this and and her in that form. And you remember how, how I said it, she's making me think of something yeah. else and I wasn't sure what it was? Fiona from Shrek. Ooh. Yeah, my good the, wife the has already way... mentioned this a few times. Right. The way she moves, some of the, the there's a bit in the previous episode. Someone brings her a drink, and she does a oh, and then takes the drink. It's that sort of DreamWorks animation movement. Mm. And just throughout this episode, and and the bit with Abomination, the CG was terrible. Like it, even worse than the general, you know, people complaining about Marvel CG because they have expectations of some of the movie stuff. Mm. It genuinely felt like I was watching a. A, 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 an old traditional animated character put in these settings. It it didn't feel like it was seamless at any point. It was particularly for me when she had her hair up and she was in that bizarrely yeah. badly fitting suit. Which right? I, d- I didn't understand that choice. It, it was like she was wearing a men's. Well, maybe that's maybe that's it. She's bought a men's suit. Maybe that's the joke fit. that she's now going to the basketball. Maybe, um, but if know, so, it just places. it just looked like she. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, and then it felt. Like a uh, kind of felt like a video game cut to scene, and mm. um, and I've it, it, the CGI has felt slightly off previously, but I have such a low bar. I don't, I just don't see what a lot of other people right. see. Um, I'm pretty easily pleased, but this one there was something about she didn't feel like she was in the scene. It was like she was mm-hmm. I don't know floating in the scene or something. It yeah. just didn't. And um, and her face a couple of times looked a bit kind of plasticine-y. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. to be clear. Considerably better than I could do, but given you know, given this is yeah. our main character, it I I, I found it a bit distracting. And again, they've done so well 
with Hulk in other things and other characters yeah. that ilk, and and suddenly now I don't. I, it, it is really. I mean, they have out. they have had a, had a long time and movie budget money to be able to get Hulk right. Yeah. Um. So did you think that you did you say that you thought the Blonsky, um, the Abomination was bad? Yeah. The, you know the face swap apps that people have, <laughs> and when they swap their face with their dog and stuff. It looked like that. It looked like someone had done that with Tim Roth and like a picture of an abomination. I wonder if it's because... Which is probably really harsh. I'm really sorry for the animators. I do love the show. But... <laughs> I, do, I wonder if it's because that is something that they've done new this time. Because in The Incredible Hulk, neither the Hulk nor the abomination looked like the characters. Sorry, looked like the actors. Mm. And so I wonder if this time they've taken you know the abomination they had before and then have tried to make it look like Roth. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And again, because they don't have the budget. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and also we've also seen Mansion. They're just doing things at such pace. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I don't think it's a lack of talent. Yeah, certainly not from the animators. No, no, the, no. The, the the pace and time thing. Like they have announced stuff way in advance of it actually coming out they do have time and notice and work on it yeah but I, they I, announce and, i would and, say they announce stuff too early well that's a whole separate thing about announcing it and so on but but we know they're working on things when things go into but like they production. haven't that's it that's exactly it's when it goes into production the animators yeah, are saying they're but, getting it with like a month to go and i know we have heard from the cg companies mm. and, the, and the people doing it that that it's pretty it can be pretty terrible working with marvel and mm. changing views and giving late information and so on. It, it feels quite extreme in this case. And may, maybe this is a turning point. Maybe this is a thing that stands out and Marvel start changing their ways and realising they can't get away with it, which is why I think it's worth commenting on. Absolutely. I do think it was interesting that um, Tatiana Mose was not averse to sort of empathising with that mm. and just like mm. not, you know, not flying the Marvel flag over it and just saying, oh, well, yeah. you know, I, I thought it was interesting that she did actually speak into mm. that. And I think that, like you say, that's, that's a sign perhaps of, of some awareness. Yeah. You know, it hasn't escaped the people making those things. And I do think as well that, that the more, you know, if you're an actor and you're prepared to talk about that as well, you're probably also prepared to talk to your employers about mm-hmm. it as well mm-hmm. and say, look, I don't want to be associated with that conversation. I don't want you to put me in a position where I'm going to be asked to, explain why people have had crappy working conditions mm-hmm. or not being able to do their jobs properly. So hopefully yeah. there is a, a kind of resolution for that in future. But I, yeah. Oh, but but she wouldn't get that question. She'd get the, you know, how do you exercise to fit, fit in the outfits questions, <laughs> which they did very well. I, of all the things, the bit where she goes to do the interview and they say coming up her diet and workout. I did, I did say, I did say, mm. I think, I thought that was funny. Although notably, I didn't mm. laugh. I just kind of went, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but again, it's, you know. But it's another not, one of those things where they just chuck it out there. It's not necessarily doing satire when it's also doing the thing. Yes. You know, if someone, if, it, I, I think like you said earlier, if someone was calling it out and actively mm. making it out. Anyway. Um, mm. A question for you both. We saw the prison in full in the opening. Big prison, all sorts of pointy bits coming out of it and different rooms and things. I'm interested what else might be in there. Because the MCU is not well known for capturing and imprisoning things. Things tend to be blown up by the kickiest kick in the end. Mm. Or a beam of light going into the sky. So 
quite known for experimenting on stuff. Hmm. And people. Uh, yeah, I. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, I actually assumed it was just sort of like a a normal supermax prison or what have okay. you, with a specialist department. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, remember. I, I I don't have it in front of me. I'm, there was. I, I think this is what made me think about it. That they made a comment about. It's something extreme, or it's a prison for superpowered people, or something. Oh, I'll okay. need to go back and double check if it is, because it, it it just felt, and particularly because we we saw the raft prison yeah. at the end of Civil War that's in the middle of the sea. Yeah. So why is he not there? Like, uh? I wonder. That might be something to do with the downfall of Shield. Because I think this Maybe. is damage control, isn't it? Right. That's running this. Okay. We seem to be the new. Shield. Shield sword thing. Yeah. And because I, th- I think that is also, you know, me me wondering what else is in there and how these things are run and how they work. I know I know we sort of make this a joke and so on. <laughs> but it's a bit the same with the law stuff. I don't want to see the big, the abomination explaining the thing that happened in the last movie. I do want to see her doing legal things for the image rights of... <laughs> Super superpowered people and and people getting sued because they broke someone's knee trying to stop a bomb or mm. something. You know, I I would be interested in that show. It's probably not the show the MCU wants to make. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's also weird to think about what what the MCU actually does want to make and how much it is what the MCU consciously wants to make versus actually is it is it genuinely giving if you like the property to a variety of artists, creators, directors, mm-hmm. showrunners and saying, actually you take this, like have this, how, how much is it diversifying its portfolio? If you like, and seeing what happens and what takes and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that feels like more jeopardy because you're, you're giving people, if you like precious toys in, in the characters, they're, they're characters that people have real feelings about and like, there is the sense that, that this is their shot and if you screw it up then you don't get the XYZ that you want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time I think we've all learnt that Marvel isn't our toy box anymore. <laughs> no, and, and hopefully they are making different things for different people. And maybe yeah, it's just that the movies are our thing and the TV is a, a more specific demographic, maybe. But again, I'm not sure who this is made for. I think it's, it's meant to be my. I think it's on paper. It's my thing. Yeah, right. Which is why I'm think, just so confused. Can I and and with um, gentleness? Are we too old? Yeah, maybe. Like, if you haven't lived as long as we have with these things, <laughs> and read as much as I mean, we've all been on the internet for a long time. Like, we were there before discourse was the thing. You know, <laughs> like. We've seen it all. Um, if it was newer for you, or more like your current life experience, perhaps, or like the life experience you were worried you were going to have, mm-hmm. would this be better? Because thinking, you know, we talked about how we've seen people enjoying it, and I think by and large they do seem to be younger than me, an American. It's interesting. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But then, you know. Hannah Montana was younger than me, and I loved that. <laughs> it, it is, it is possible. It, it is possible that again we're expecting more from it than it is going to give us. 
be, because it's aimed at people who for whom this is the first show doing some of this stuff and mm. doing some of the discussions and some of the jokes. So this nice. is your starter pack. Mm. Mm. It's like, here's the misogynist card, here's the troll card, here's the, mm-hmm. you know... You've got to give you all the cards. And, and I assume that we are going to get some grand redemptive something. You know, I think one last scene that I wanted to bring up was was the courtroom scene where mm-hmm. for some reason Jennifer decides that she's going to come in and just say what an ass this guy is and that's going to be just the card they need to play to deal with the whatever and the thing. And I think that's supposed to f- be framed as very redemptive in some way. Cathartic. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. Cathartic. It's not uh-huh. redemptive at all. Uh, for the audience, like she doesn't really seem to care. She doesn't seem bothered mm. by who and how he is. She seems to just accept that and still stay in the room with him. Um, but, yeah, saying all these things and having it be like, oh, yeah, good legal point. It's a, it's a, a weird kind of catharsis. I... <laughs> I'd hope for more. I don't want us to be the future of catharsis is us internally going, ah, lol. Like, I, I like a bigger catharsis where I'm just like, ah, you know, got you. Too I want legally blonde. Yes. Well, well. Um, yes. If we're talking it's about obvious. properties, this could have been. To be fair, I could yeah. just watch Legally Blonde though because that already exists. It's mm. true. It's mm. true. Got to be careful of that. Trip, Although, as we keep saying, Animobile exists and you can't watch it. And it's starting <laughs> to frustrate me slightly. Well, yeah, you can get um, all of them for about 35 quid on Amazon. Oh, Probably get them in a charity quid, shop. Quid is bucks to our American listeners. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so it would be more than 35. But well, yes. It's def- definitely 17. with the shipping from. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In fact, it won't work in your DVD player, but other than that, great. <laughs> but this is the future. I'm supposed to be able to see anything I want to see at any given I know, point, frankly. I, know. frankly. I think the sooner we realise that actually, no, you're not, keep your DVDs. Okay. Um, We're not anyway. going into that. No, because um, we've right. talked for quite a while about yeah. a very short show. Again, though, good job, mm-hmm. everyone. <laughs> Do, is there anything that we've not covered that uh, occurred to you during the episode that you would want to raise now? Yes. Okay. Why shouldn't Megan the Stallion drive a VW Passat? It's an excellent car. <laughs> it's a car I had for many, many years. Drove it all the way to Sweden. It was great. Good. That's my point. <laughs> oh, and it was nice yes. to see Mighty Thor in the credits. And, and not the credits, the item. Yes, and Ms. Marvel. Indeed. Mm, yeah, no Moon Knight's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. And I also saw Black Widow and... Florence Pugh, not Florence Pugh, the character that Florence Pugh plays, whose Elena. name I now can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> having after the the Charlie's the one thing we should, probably should specify we're not seeing. We should. We Natalie probably Portman should have Florence Pugh in the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably time to watch Black Widow again, Laura. I think. I've just, I've literally just finished it. Have you? Nice. Recorded, yeah. Nice. We could always do our fifth Black Widow podcast, <laughs> just to cheer everyone up. <laughs> Moving on. So I think that wraps us up. We're a third of the way through this series, and a third of us on this podcast seem to have enjoyed a third of what we've had so far. <laughs> so it's going really well. By the end, maybe we'll have a full house. I've enjoyed one episode. Um, do join us again next week. And and you know, if you are younger than us, as if that's possible, <laughs> uh, do let us know what your thoughts are because it is fascinating to read all the different views and see what people are thinking. Mm. So you can find us on, uh, particularly on Twitter at. Gushing. You can find me at Matthew Vose. You can find Abby. 
at this AE show. And you can find Laura. At Laura Geeks Out. We will be back next week with more She-Hulk Marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs>